0: Hello, it is Wednesday, May 5th, I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Um, Anthony Johnson, so a couple days ago, yesterday, a couple days ago, I wrote a story on Bloody Elbow about Anthony Johnson's uh, background, for lack of a better term, with uh, outside the cage violence, mostly violence against women documented a bunch of times that he's been accused, charged, arrested, pled out of of domestic violence and violence against women charges. And so the question comes out, why don't forgive and forget? And this is a simple one because Johnson has always played the victim in these cases. He's never said he's done any of this. Even with police reports, um, even with court courtroom reports, even after pleading out and going to anger management courses more than once, he's never owned up to any of these things. He's always played the victim. And if you want someone to forgive you, well, maybe own up to what you did in the first place, even the time that he wrote, made himself look bad and wrote up the whole, uh, thing with the the tossing of the yoga mat when he wrote that up he himself played he played the victim in there as well he's always playing the victim in these cases he's acting like these women are out to get him and you know once the odds are against it six or seven times I'm not going to believe much that Anthony Johnson says to me in, in, in six or seven cases where he's been in this kind of hot water so come on I know people are going to say forgive and forget, but this isn't a one-time thing with him. This is a history going back more than 10 years. It's a pattern, and it's a pattern that he hasn't had to address because he hasn't had any issue with finding work. It kind of gets ignored, and I think that's what bothers me a lot about this. Everyone you know, comes down on Greg Hardy, and rightfully so, but then on the, on the, you know, the other hand, Anthony Johnson gets a walk, and why is that? because he's friendly to the media, because you kind of want to ignore that, because his manager is Ali Abdelaziz, I believe, because he's friendly, because you just don't want to address these things. Well, because you like the way he fights. None of that's a reason to avoid you know, pointing these things out. Um, I was critical of Johnson when the UFC was considered signing him. I remain critical of Johnson now that Bellator has signed has signed him, I remain critical of the media who is ignoring everything about Johnson because they like the way he fights. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be part of that because Anthony Johnson, at this point, I don't think believe, deserves forgiveness and therefore he doesn't deserve a chance to fight in a violent sport. If he did anything that would make me believe he doesn't think he's innocent of all these charges, that he would made any... Any in in inroads to uh, asking for forgiveness or expressing any kind of guilt, or you know, looking for retribu uh, not retribution, but looking for acknowledgement of you know I did wrong. I'm trying to make myself better. None of that has happened, and that's why I come down on on Anthony Johnson, and that's why I come down on Greg Hardy, and and I don't think it's out of uh, out of line. I think it's deservedly so. Because if you screw up like this, and let's not say it's a mistake, because it is not a mistake. A mistake is, you know, picking up the wrong item when you're walking through the end of the grocery line and you want Big Red and you pick up Juicy Fruit. That's a mistake. What Johnson has done and what Greg uh, Hardy did was made a decision. A decision is not a mistake. Don't, Don't try and play that because that's BS. Anyway, that's, that's why I was so uh, hard on Anthony Johnson in that story. It was because he, he paints himself as a victim and he can play that because he always has a job. So until he is forced to atone for what he's done, he's not gonna. And until he does so, I'm not gonna say that he deserves to fight in MMA. I'm not gonna say he doesn't deserve to work. I'm saying he doesn't deserve to have a job where his job is violence, when he can't control his self outside, himself outside of the workplace. And that's what we're seeing. So that's why I, I came down on Anthony Johnson and will continue to do so. You don't have to like it, but uh, that's why, that's my reasoning behind that. Um, Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes said, Dana White wants to end the this division, speaking of uh, women's featherweight division. But I told him that as long as I'm champion, I want it open. Uh, This is, she spoke to Combate. I think the issue with the featherweight division is talent. I think it's hard to find talented girls in this division. I could be wrong, but we're seeing that the girls that fought Chris Cyborg needed a little bit more. Not that they are bad athletes, but they needed some work. So um, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Amanda's Nunes, as long as she can... More or less, force the UFC to keep the women's 145-pound division open. She should do so, and the reason for that is financial. Nunes is a double champ, so she gets championship money fighting at bantamweight. She gets championship money fighting at featherweight. If she holds two belts, that's a lot more money than if she was not champion in one of those divisions. And if they if they close the featherweight division, she's not going to fight at featherweight, so she won't have the chance to get that that money. Even if they kept the division open and she wasn't the champ, she would just get regular fighter pay. So, Amanda Nunes, as long as Amanda Nunes can keep that division open and functioning, and she's the champ, she should do so. She should encourage the UFC to get her competition there, and she should fight as much as she can now, as she's as because she's a champion in both divisions and get as much as money as she can now, because. She's still getting ripped off by the UFC, even even getting championship pay in both those divisions. So I say, good on you, Amanda Nunes. Um, Get that money and make sure you can use whatever power you have to have the UFC keep that division open and working. What do I have here? Um, Okay, MMAJA. And now I'm, I'm running for... Vice President of MMAJA, and I wanted to explain why I'm doing so. And the reason is, uh, and it's a legit question because I've had my differences with not only the UFC, but MMA media. And my differences with the MMA media are that I want them to do better in, in some ways. And not just individuals, but as a whole. But I think what holds them back is fear fear. Fear of the UFC, fear of retribution, fear of losing access, fear of losing credentials. And my goal, I think, would be to erase that fear. And I think that, you know, it takes a couple people that are going to stand up and try and erase that fear by taking those issues on themselves. And I think in the vice president role that I could do that uh, because I'm not afraid to express my opinion on anything. I'm not afraid to speak up to the UFC And I'm not afraid to fight for people who are getting um, beaten around, so to speak, uh, by the UFC, and and that's why I I I want to do the job because other people might you know they might not want to eat eat the things they eat from the UFC, but more or less feel they are obligated to do so. So I want to stand up for them, and I want to represent them um, because no one should be able no one should have. you know, go to their job with fear. Even even if the job is, you know, covering something else, that's not how things are supposed to work in the media, in journalism, it, because it's just not how it's supposed to work. Uh, and I think that environment's been put in place by the UFC and older UFC PR. And I think the PR team was getting better for a while, but I think things have gone back to the old school way and locking people out and closing people out because they don't like like what they write. And I want to erase that. I mean, I'm one of them. Josh Gross is one of them. Jonathan Snowden's one of them. Um, I'm sure there's more that can't get access. And it's because the UFC doesn't like them. They don't like what, the the, the UFC doesn't like what these people write, Loretta Hunt. um, And it just shuts them out because it can. That's not how media is supposed to be handled um so another thing i reason i want to do it is because i have experience in this stuff i've studied unions and associations i know a good bit about the history of sports unions and associations and and with that i think i can help build this uh, a gateway to the ufc in some ways or find out that there is no way to build this a sense of trust there. And if that's the case, well, then that's the case and we should know it. And there's if there's nothing the journalist side of the equation can do, well, at least we can try, you know? And if there's not a mutual like between the sides, that's, that's irrelevant. There should be a mutual understanding, maybe a, some mutual respect, but it's a give and take situation and it's not all one-sided, which is where we're at now. I also have um, some union experience from both sides of the table. I've negotiated union contracts from both sides of the table and I know people might not believe this, but I have the ability to you know, negotiate in good faith and I know what a good faith negotiation is and looks like and I know how to do it. Um, am I blunt sometimes on here? You know, yeah. Could people take that the wrong way? They have, but I can, you know, I can, I know what to do. And I know a good give and take relationship doesn't have to be adversarial, but that takes work. It takes, and that's going to take work. And I think I can at least try it on, on the journalist side. I can at least try it. And again, if, if it can be established, it can, if it can't, it can't, but at least we'll know what can be done. So big picture, I just want to fight for the folks who are uncomfortable un, or unable to fight for themselves and, you know, establish a good or wor- at least workable relationship with the UFC and journalism. And that includes having the ability to ask and get answers for uncomfortable questions. Now, whether that's in a, you know, a pool reporter for the MMAJA, which we've had once before in Shine All Alshadi um or that the MMAJ has access all the way across the board that's 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 part of the give and take either way works for me but uh, right now we have no real real unfettered access to the UFC as part of the media we have the access that they're willing to give and what they're willing to give is very much one-sided i don't like it and i want to fight for the journalists to get it so and That's it. That's why I want to do it. And I know that's why if people wonder, that's why. Because I just want to have the journalists feel comfortable and media members and all that jazz. I don't know. So enough of that. I'm not going to pitch for myself. I just wanted to explain explain why I feel that way and why I am running and, and trying to get some traction in that position. So that's that. Uh, last topic today is the MMA. It's MMA media. It's own worst enemy when it comes to clickbait. This is kind of my criticism, part of the media and um, part of the podcast. And is it is the is the MMA media its own worst enemy? Because when we look at this Jake Paul stuff, and everyone you know loves to complain about Jake Paul, but a lot of the times these questions are being you know, brought up by the MMA media to the fighters. And should they answer them? I guess, yeah, because that's what I was just saying. You know, they should get an answer for a question. Or, you know, there's they can just say, you know what? I'm not talking about Jake Paul because he's not fighting in the same sport that I'm fighting in. And that would be fine. In fact, that would be preferable because it gives Paul no real traction. You know, you acknowledge you know the guy. You acknowledge you know what he's doing. And then you say, he's not fighting me in my sport. So, you know, that's what, I, that's what I'd like to see. But I think, you know, Jake Paul generates headlines in the MMA media. And that's why the questions get asked because I think he angers the fighters and against their better interests, they respond to that anger. And I understand that. I understand. I mean, if you hear about this kid that's not even in the same sport as you over and over and over and over again, you're going to get pissed. And I think that's where we're at with a lot of fighters, especially when, you know, if it came to an MMA fight, you'd you'd truck this dude, truck him, but maybe, maybe just with him, just don't answer. I mean, just say, Hey, not the same sport, not going to give him more air because that's all he wants. And speaking of wanting air, Colby Covington, I think falls into this worst enemy group with the MMA media as well. We know Colby Covington is going to say something that he thinks is quote-unquote outrageous just to get headlines, just to get his name out there associated with other people's names. And I understand it. And I know that he, you know, he can play the media almost as well as Jake Paul. Does it make him look worse than Jake Paul? Yeah, I think it does because he just says stupid and outrageous things for the, for the headlines and for the clicks. And... So that's what I go back to is the MMA media it's own worst enemy when it comes to clickbait like this and I think yeah it is. Um, it's a it's a double-edged sword. You know you can get the revenue with these with these highly clickable stories and Colby Covington's highly clickable, Jake Paul's highly clickable, uh, Ali Abdelaziz highly clickable, but are they worth talking to because are they really giving you anything other than a headline? and something to cause outrage. I don't think they are. I think they're just playing the media for their own their own means to get attention on themselves, to put the spotlight on themselves. And the media feeds on it. The fans feed on it. People get outraged. People talk about it. But is it, is it journalism? Is it something we need to know? Do we need to know that Colby Covington thinks Conor McGregor's a laughingstock? Do we need to know that Ali Abdelaziz thinks that Kamara Usman will put Jake Paul in the hospital. I don't know. I don't think we need to know any of that. I don't think it's that important. And um, why I don't think the media should serve the purpose of shining a spotlight on someone whose sole goal is to get attention on themselves for for no real reason right now. I mean, what, Colby Covington is not fighting anyone. He's not booked. And he's not giving you anything you don't already know what he's going to give you. He's just going to give you outrage. And I don't... And I think it's dumb outrage too because all it is is there for, like I said, shine a spotlight. Look at me. Look at me. And that's Ali Abdelaziz too. But Abdulaziz is somehow worse because he's not a fighter. He takes all the attention for himself and directs it away from where it should be going to his fighters. Ali Abdelaziz, I just don't understand that whole, that whole appeal there, why he's appealing to anyone um, if I'm a fighter and I see my manager in the, in the news more than me, well, I got questions. If I'm, a, if I'm a media person and I see a manager making himself available but not his fighters, well, then I have questions. If I see a guy who's always in the headlines but never really saying anything except outrageous bullshit, well, I have questions. And when I have those questions... I kind of can answer on myself and say, this person's a, just an attention seeker and really isn't gonna give me anything and therefore I don't talk to them. So we, I think sometimes MMA media creates a problem in who it chooses to talk to and what it chooses to talk about. And I mean, outrage sells, right? But is it necessary? I don't think it is, but who am I, right? Anyway, I think uh, I think that catches me up with everything. And um, I got some stuff I have to go through note-wise. Still planning on talking about Diego Sanchez. Uh, I just want to get some, I think I'm going to have to do some writing on that one and figure out where everything fits together. Uh, but until uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, everyone stay safe.